Welcome to the Healer Haven podcast. My name is Anne. I'm a therapist by day and a spiritualist by night. We are in episode two of our manifestation sessions called Manifest It. Episode two is A. Are you ready? I almost, as soon as I said that, I almost felt like I was in a kid's show saying today's letter is A. Are you ready to manifest? It's like the adult version, right? Last week, we talked about manifestation, what it is. This week, we are going to talk about if you are ready for what you're asking for. It's not really about defining what you want or just setting the goals. It's actually asking the question, if you are ready for this to happen. I really don't think we highlight this enough. I want you to think about, let's use an example. You know, I love my examples. Let's talk about being famous, okay? You want to get famous. You get famous. You go on talk shows, movies, podcasts, anything. All your free time is taken up, right? You get noticed wherever you go. Now you're making an impact for sure. You're reaching your goals. And some will say, right, at what cost are you living your dream? And it truly can happen overnight. Yet now that success and being famous is here, it's at the forefront, we find people get really burned out. They get exhausted. They get, they get tired. And who wouldn't? You think of a lot of the tragic stories that we hear, whether it's with alcohol and drugs or people ending their life or committing suicide or other things happening, right? They burn out and they, you just don't see them for 10 to 20 years. I do not blame them for that. It is a busy, busy world being successful. And I do. I feel people that are successful, they have a lot on their back. And again, this isn't to fear you away if you want to be successful. It's to just think the question of, are you ready? And I think just like anything, right? There are some people who are famous that do really well with it. They're able to balance and some struggle more. My point of saying this again it's just to give you some things to think about. Now, some will say nothing can truly prepare you. Well, I beg to differ. I think some things can. Like asking yourself maybe even some of these questions we're going to today. I want to give you some science, some spirituality concepts behind the importance of the concept of readiness. And along with that, questions associated with it so you can really move forward in manifesting the life that you want. So again, what do you think of when I say the words, are you ready? What do you think of when you say, are you ready to do these things to manifest your dreams? You're first going to say, and why the hell would I not? Why wouldn't I be ready to, to have the things I want? That doesn't make sense. Because I think that there are main parts to this that I want to highlight. Again, I know I say this, any information I give is educational only, not therapeutic intervention or medical advice, because nobody knows you better than you do. And medically, nobody better than you and your medical care team. So I just want to give you some things to jostle around in your mind when you're talking about readiness for manifestation. So the first thing I really like going through is, are your basic needs met? Food, water, shelter, sleep, movement, right? Regardless of spiritual beliefs or scientific scientific beliefs, we are in human bodies. <laughs> they help us survive and move. Yes, manifestation is wonderful. It's a part of thriving, right? If your basic survival needs are not met, then there's going to be barriers. So let's look at why people often 
don't change just for a second. Okay. People come into therapy because of a feeling of emptiness. I'm going to use this because it's correlated to what we're talking about. People come into therapy because of a feeling of emptiness. Often, actually. Sadness is one thing. Fear of future. Being overwhelmed. But that feeling of being empty. Did you actually know what that's correlated to physically? Lack of sleep and exhaustion. I know. We see that feeling of emptiness, right, as such an emotional response when really, sometimes it's our basic needs not getting met. And I want to refer you back to my season three, episode three of Healer Haven. I go into the detail of the body. That's what it's called. And the basic needs. Now, some of you are going to talk about survival mode physically and emotionally. We'll get to that. I promise. Hang tight. Let's talk about the second topic here. This leads to the next question. Are you in a place physically? Okay. Your basic needs are met. Check. Nice. The next part of that, are there medical conditions or physical barriers that you're ignoring or have to focus on to be well? Some people sometimes get tripped up by bring up science or the human body. This is more of a holistic approach to what we're talking about. It's what I do not only in therapy, but I think in the spiritual work. We are these complex beings and to ignore one area doesn't mean you're woke because you can quote unquote pull yourself up by your bootstraps or push through something. It's about recognizing we are multifaceted complex creatures. So this part of my basic needs are met. Are there other conditions or physical barriers that are impacting me? This is a part of it. I'm not saying to be perfect. I'm saying consider if a medical condition might be impacting your goal or your dream. Examples, a surgery you're putting off. A condition you've shoved maybe under the rug, which may surface at a later date. You know, it, it, it's only a conversation with your yourself and your medical team can look closely if these are managed well. Here's an example. You have type 1 diabetes, yet you're not managing it well. You're not taking your insulin. You're not taking your blood sugar, right, to look at your levels. When that's not managed, it affects symptoms like memory, energy, exhaustion, and focus. So we're not saying you have to not have diabetes. What we're saying is that at the very least, you have to be in a place with those symptoms so that they're not extreme barriers. Those four alone, memory, energy, exhaustion, focus, that would be really hard to complete probably, excuse me, probably a lot of goals that we have. Are you in a place mentally, which is something I think I get a lot, especially in therapy. Are you in a place mentally? Even with medical diagnoses and symptoms, which I do label as medical conditions, as I think we should, we have to be in a place to do the work. In therapy, and as in, I'm an AMFT approved supervisor as of November, <laughs> which I'm really excited about, talk about a manifestation goal. <laughs> um, I'm an approved supervisor and in therapy, even when I'm training other clinicians, I'll tell them the major areas we have to focus on before we focus on that deeply embedded stuff that's really interesting, right? Like family dynamics and self-esteem, which are essential. They cause ripples. Why I became a marriage and family therapist by trade is understanding that our relationships are going to impact us. But it's really hard to get to those topics and thoughts in a safe way without managing other areas first. So I, you'll see if you ever get a spiritual reading from me or if anybody's listening that happens to be a client of mine, they know that I focus on, right, 
basic things first. So it's really hard to get to those topics if people are unsafe. So the first thing, right, can they attend? That's your basic needs, right? Could be anything from basic needs to transportation. If they can't make it to the therapy office or the meeting or they don't have internet to connect to video or whatever it is, it's going to be really hard to help. So you have to make sure those are met. The next, once they're in the office or a meeting, you have to assess for things, right? I'll tell these clinicians, these new providers, you have to make sure you're assessing for, do they want to hurt themselves or somebody else? Is there domestic or intimate partner violence, right? Alcohol and drug use, panic attacks, even eating disorders to such a severe degree where they can't focus or they're not getting basic needs in their body met. Hallucinations, delusions. These are main ones. And if they're not managed, it's really hard for us to dig deeper. Some would say, some clinicians say it's not possible because if in this immediate safety concerns not being managed, if they're in a fight, flight, freeze state, or if they're physically unsafe in any way, or those basic needs aren't met, maybe they're under the influence, you can really start to see how some of these might be serious barriers to just even things like manifesting your dreams. So since mental health should be, and I know I do, deem it as medical, we have to start seeing this as a priority, a part of the priority, a part of the process, at least something to talk about. If you have trauma, nightmares, night terrors, memory concerns, depression, anxiety, panic, and you notice it's debilitating, it affects your daily living in multiple areas, and it has for a while, this has to be seen as a medical intervention that should be prioritized. Again, educational only and from experience, but I do think that it's worth mentioning. And I'm actually going to use myself as an example here. I know, watch out. And self-disclosing. You... I have medical conditions, both physical and mental health. I'm having surgery next year, actually. Now, someone would say, you are such a hypocrite anti-taro. Okay, let me just put this out there. I took eight months off readings, nine months off of TikTok, breaks to my podcast. I set boundaries on social media, even with pictures about my response times and when I'm available. My medical conditions are either in recovery or have a plan that I'm working through. They don't affect my daily living right now. And if they did, guess what? My dreams, my manifestations, they'd take a break or be put on pause. (laughs) As they should. Because if I'm not fully well, I shouldn't really be doing that work in that way. Right? So let's say my dreams and manifesting. So even obsessing over my podcast. Let's use yesterday as an example. I was supposed to have, quote unquote, I try to do it weekly. I was supposed to have it out on Sunday because that's when I had the last one out. Obsessing over it. I need to be at the same hour every week because that's what everybody writes about. People want consistency. They want you to be consistent. Yes, I'd love to do that. I did for a while. I physically couldn't yesterday. My medical conditions had to be managed and I waited till today. I'm still living my truth and manifesting. I'm taking steps. I'm staying engaged. I came back today. I didn't beat myself up yesterday emotionally because I couldn't get on when I needed to. But it doesn't look like A to B. My journey is different from yours. Comparing, truly, they don't have comparison as an inner critic. But comparing yourself can be a really toxic inner critic. So the next question. Are you rested and ready. Do you have the energy? 
not just sleep, food, like we discussed earlier, but emotional exhaustion? Are you donating your energy to others? Are you ready to prioritize this dream, the thought, the goal, the manifestation? It's not mutually exclusive because I think a lot of us do things with or for our loved ones. Let me be clear. And you can. It's amazing. I love people. I used to, we'll talk about that more. I won't get into that, but you can. And you have to make sure things or people are pulling their weight too, that they're contributing back. They're doing what they need to do. This could be a partnership at home, like a romantic or interpersonal. It could also be on the other side, it could be a business partner, but they need to be able to be giving something. And I'm going to let you caretakers sit on that one for a second, because that's going to write that down, how people are pulling their weight and what the percentages are of give and take, because that's key. The next question, are you motivated? Now, not motivated enough, right? But motivated. Whether in therapy or spiritual work people will note their symptom is lack of motivation they come in all the time like i'm just not motivated right i'm not motivated to do it and when i ask people what do you mean by that word or phrase and a lot of them say well i looked it up online it just feels like i don't want to do things right and i work in academia we have speakers a lot that come from all over and i remember that there was a talk it was at least a year or two ago he came from stanford and he was talking about the brain and motivation he was stating the motivational component, right, is a barrier for many, right? A lot of people come in and say, I don't want, I'm not motivated. He explained it very simply, though, because he gets asked it all the time. He said, the only thing that we've found scientifically in social science that helps motivation, like the brain, the way it responds, the way it wakes up, is doing things. The only thing that motiv- helps motivation, truly, is doing things. And people often wait for something to happen or to change when really behavioral activation, we've talked about it in past episodes, it's under CBT stuff, but like behavioral activation, being a doer, staying engaged, step up to the plate, even if it's one test on one check mark, checklist, to-do list, one step. So many of us are all or nothing thinkers. We want it all. And you know what? Hey man, I am a dreamer and dreamers are great and, and, we just really have to stop getting caught up in having it all and having it all overnight. When I was doing the podcast, even when I was doing episodes and I was on this different platform and it was one of those things I was growing at a rapid pace. And I thought to myself like, Oh, it's not at the pace that I want. Even sometimes when I think of this podcast, but I, and someone just said to me, just keep coming back, keep coming back. That's what it's about. That's when people succeed or do well. You keep coming back. And we're going to talk a little bit about the perfectionist piece. We're not going to go there right now, but we will in a second. But you know what? More than anything else, I know that sometimes motivation and finding it can be hard. And sometimes it's not that we don't have it. It's that that sometimes we're too overwhelmed or overstimulated or we don't have enough energy. We're too exhausted even. We're giving it to everywhere else. And that goes back to that caretaker question. How are you calibrating and recalibrating your energy that you're giving? Okay, let's keep going. You all are doing so well. We're digging really into this. The are you ready question. I bet when you first heard this, you're like, there's no way Anne can make topic about this. This is, there's no way. Well, mm, magic. (laughs) Do you believe it? Okay, magic. Yeah. For people that are really young, you might not know that song. Are you 
in a place spiritually is the next question. Spirituality is really defined as anything you believe in that's bigger than yourself. I always tell you, it doesn't matter if it's God or baseball. Are you ready to receive the gifts that will come? And this goes into sometimes your shadow work or your inner critic work. It could be anything. Go back to shadow work 101 in season one, by the way. Have you dug in there? Have you thought about it? Are there things even from your past life? And it doesn't have to mean spiritual reincarnation. It could be your past part of your human life, your past chapter. People talk about it all the time and normalize it. Something from your past you need to forgive yourself for. And if you're an athlete, do you have a trauma from an event, a team member or a team or an injury? Political activists, is there a fear something that will surface and that's keeping you from taking the next step to maybe run for a local office? All of those, these bigger-than-yourselves areas that motivate us, we have to take a look about what's going on. The next one. Are you ready to change how you talk, my friend? Because it's really about flexibility and thought. Saying things like this will happen, right? We talk about flexibility, right? Think about failure, things like that. And I want to differentiate this for a second before I keep going. Flexibility and thought means that when people are saying like, they are talking horribly about me, they might be talking horribly about you. They might be doing those things and maybe they're not. That's going to make it more flexible so it doesn't feel all or nothing or overwhelming, right? That it might happen. Now, here's where it gets a little confusing, yet clarifying that saying this will happen, not woulda, coulda, shouldas. Now, this is different. This is now some people would say that seems like it contradicts itself. I think the things that are innately toxic, right, that say that all these people want me to fail, right? That's something we want to be flexible about. I don't want to manifest like failure, but we say will for the positive things that we want. So I will get this clinical supervisor job, right? We don't want ifs, woulda, coulda, shouldas, or maybes to get in the way like if I get this job as a team lead or I will be a clinical supervisor. You can hear the difference. I want you to listen to it again. Manifesting statement is I will be a clinical supervisor. That's a manifesting manifesting statement. I will be a clinical supervisor. The other one is, well, if I get this job as a team lead, you see how will really shows something you want. It encompasses opportunity in a journey. Doesn't make it ultimately time limited in that moment, but it's it's really all or nothing when I say if I get this job as a team lead, right? Like it's putting all your eggs in one basket or one experience. Like if I get this team lead, then I'm going to keep going and wanting to be a clinical supervisor rather than I'm going to be a clinical supervisor and there are things that I am and I'm not going to have in order to get there. It's a little different. So again, not putting your energy towards barriers, but ultimately the solutions. So as we discussed, we'll talk about it more, but not seeing right as, as A to B and, and not focusing so much on the failures. We have a whole section on perfectionists. I'm not going to go in perfectionism, so I'm not going to go into it right now. Do you know who your people are is my next question. Now, your champions, your number ones, your encouragers, the people who don't yuck your yums, right? They want you to succeed. Pay attention to the people that are clapping for you, my friends. See how those people react when you start doing well. It will become very clear, I promise you. Um, I have had to sift through. I've had really good people stick around, and I've had really toxic people I've had to get rid of. 
I've had people that made me question certain things about myself, not made me, I allowed that to happen, but they contributed to it. And you have to be able to look at that. Do you know who your number, your number one or your plus ones are? Now, I don't think you need people to start up. Don't, don't, don't think I'm saying that. I do think having people around though helps us sustain what we want in our life. I'm a fan of not just, you know, getting in the door with things, but sustaining retention, quality of life, long-term stuff. People will come into play at some point, unless you're one of those people that wants to move to a ranch in the middle of nowhere and hide with your money in the baseboards. Now, by the way, that does take a special kind of person to do that. And I totally give you kudos. Um, if you're listening to this, I always let people know, like, if you are that person, you're listening to this, you're still coming for a reason. So in some way, sometimes hearing people's voices can help. But either way, I know a lot of us have a like or dislike relationship with humans, and I just want to get away sometimes, right? We make jokes. I make jokes about it, like, oh, I have a love-hate relationship with people. Yet I know I like having people around now. It took losing, having extreme losses to know how important people are to me and to not make that statement anymore. It's not helpful to me or others. But research shows us that quality relationships and people help. And before going more into that, listen to the episode, The People, season three, episode five for more. There is one thing I didn't mention, money. Are you financially ready? Now with the internet, GoFundMe, you could have other opportunities, mentorship, volunteers, scholarships, anything. Sometimes people are lucky enough to have family or friends like investors. You may need to spend some time, right? Why am I not mentioning this? Well, you may need to spend some time navigating systems and taking time finding interventions or ways to get money. But this is a barrier of time rather than resource now. I encourage you to really get, and that might be a financial planner or financial coach to help you push past if you feel like you're stuck. But money is not the same barrier that often it used to be. For some of us, and some people say, I don't even have a savings account. I'm living paycheck to paycheck. Here's an example. You might live paycheck to paycheck and you might be able to save a little bit, right, with a financial planner and say, okay, well, in two years, we can save up to get you a good microphone for 500 bucks. There's enough in your, your account. And then you can use free apps in order to take advantage of things, right, in order to do that. There are ways to save and raise money. Now, it might take somebody tomorrow because they have money to buy a microphone. They can get their podcast up and going two years earlier. But it doesn't discredit that you still can have that goal to be a podcaster. It just might be a different way. So my final point I want to make, whether you're starting this manifestation or you're more advanced, is perfectionism. I told you I would come back to it. And here we are. Perfectionism. Okay. Now an ASMR show. This could have its own topic. <laughs> Not just because as a recovering perfectionist myself, I want to point out some golden nuggets, some things that I've taken away. And I am a big fan of golden nuggets. I do trainings upon trainings on this, and I want to share some of the things I'm still working on. Let me be clear. I'm still working on. Nobody comes to podcasts to be perfect. I come here in order to be vulnerable, and I'm being vulnerable with you. So something I continue to work through, and I think progression is the word that's important. Not perfectionism, progression. So here's a perfect example. Okay, people say like, I need things to be perfect before I will do anything. Okay, you know who will tell you that that's not true? A parent. 
they will tell you, I've had parents tell me this. I treat children, adolescents, teen, you know, kind of teens and young adults. They will say all the time, you were never ready for kids, right? And they'll say, I am, I waited, I thought in the beginning, my first kid that I needed to be fully ready in order to have children or I'm not having them. And now they're at their second or third kid. They're like, you're never ready. Just kind of go into it, right? Like you just got to learn as you go that you will quote unquote, never be ready. Be realistic about what you're waiting for. So when I use an example, example, my major point about perfectionism is there's a difference between reasons you can't do things and excuses. Ask yourself, are these barriers you're talking about excuses or reasons that you're not manifesting? A reasons like contributing factors outside of yourselves or within yourself that might be delaying the process, right? Truly are things, like I said, surgery, medical conditions. Are there other things? Or is it an excuse, which is more, to me, of a self-stopping statement, which, you know, I tend to tell people. It's a self-stopping statement in my mind that we put our energy into thinking our way out of things rather than into. But there is some control there. People say like, I don't have any control over this. And I said, if you start thinking that way and you put it in that all or nothing thinking, it's really hard for your mind to talk you out of it. I mean, we are training our brains every single day how to change and alter. Our brains are plastic. They're moving. We find that, you know, uh, just as traumatic events can impact them, yeah, it might take a little bit of time coming back from things, but it doesn't mean that self-talk and practice and experience and critical thinking, what makes humans wonderful, can get us to retrain our brains a little bit. Don't listen to that whole not teaching old, you know, can't teach an old dog new trick stuff. That does, we don't, we don't find that to be true anymore. Does it take a little bit longer and sometimes there are barriers and some difficulties? Yeah. Welcome to the universe. That's, yeah, that's true. Yet, if you think that way, that there's no, you know, can't teach old dog new tricks, it's one of those toxic things you can tell somebody. Oh, sorry. You've like, you, we, you know how I know this? This is my specialty area in therapy. Because everybody used to say that 14 to 18 was adolescence. And when you hit 18, you're kind of an adult and you're done learning. <laughs> those of you listening, by the way, most people that listen to me are between ages of 18 and 50. So those of you that are more in 30s, 40s, and 50s will tell these people that's not true. We are constantly learning. You're growing up with your parents and people around you. You're growing up with culture. And it's constant. Even people that are retiring that might be listening to me or retired you can say above anybody else too. We are lifelong learners. So with that being said, it's to give yourself some grace. This specialty area, our brains technically aren't done rapid developing until we're 30. When I tell people I specialize in 18 to 30, they get surprised. They're like, what do you mean? And I'm like, yeah, our brain is still rapidly changing. Every experience and critically thinking situation we have or things that come up, we learn, we take in. The human body is amazing that way. I know we have a lot of frustrating things. We have a lot of really cool stuff. So let's go to the second point. So perfectionism exists. You just have to ensure it's healthy versus unhealthy. So what I mean by this is you can redefine your perfect, right, as things being well, mindful, where you want them to be. There are major parts of perfectionism, like even Northwestern, right? They talk about major areas of how to make it unhealthy versus healthy, right? Well, I guess how to make it healthy versus unhealthy. 
but they did define major areas. They said, one, the first step, are you setting realistic goals versus unrealistic goals? Are they attainable? And the failure that's in, in between, how do we respond to it? Well, healthy perfection is, is staying engaged, recalibrating, learning, whereas unhealthy is avoid staying stuck, getting angry, resenting. That it's how you respond to it, too. So I'm going to repeat that word again because I know most of you cringe. Are you ready? Failure. Fail. Failure. Does that hit you in a certain way? I know for a long time it did me. That's my third point. Failures. They happen. In both of those models from Northwestern, they happen. They're inevitable. They're essential to the process. Your progression, not perfectionism. They are a part of it. See those failures as a part of the journey. Yes, this is from somebody who's been through it for many years. This, I believe, is the key to manifestation above all else. If you stop seeing it as an A to B and a failure being the B, right? If I hit the B and it's failure, I'm not manifesting anymore. The dream is done. Manifesting is the failures being a part of the journey to learn and to grow. We don't grow in a silo. We grow in fields and build businesses and crops and successes. We learn to understand the weather. We learn to learn about and from the storms. We fail and we fail again. Just like a farmer, they move their crops. They constantly learned over the years and now they're in their fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh generation of being farmers, their families, and they constantly now know new ways to do things. It's up to you to learn about your barriers. Are you going to turn your barriers into stepping stones or castle walls? That's up to you. Okay. Phenomenal humans. That's it for this episode of Are You Ready to Manifest? I hope, I hope you took some things away today or wrote some questions down. This work does not, right? It does not just come in a silo itself. It takes reflection, action, and work. My action step is really for you to come back. I always try to leave you guys with something. Come back again next week. Write down your answers. Write them into me. Send me a message. Tell me how it impacts you. Let me hear from you. And if there are any other action steps we talked about throughout the episode, you know maybe you're avoiding or not wanting to take care of. Maybe it's that sleep study that was recommended by your doctor or a surgery they've been talking about. Or maybe crossing the bridge to going to therapy because your friends and family say it might help. See that as a sign. See this as a sign to take the next step. What areas do you need to focus on to be ready? I know I'm ready. I know I'm definitely ready to go on to season three, which you've all been waiting for, which is N in Manifested. It's name your goals, baby. Name your goals. Let's keep going together. Thanks again for listening in. And as always, you know it. Heal out, my friend.